This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show. It's Amber here and Jenna. Chime in, Jenna. There we go. And today we're discussing self care crisis. Ooh, it's a good one. Yeah. Okay, so for more on this topic, to check out our show notes or to sign up for some more good stuff from us, check out our website, themotherlovingfuture.com. So before we get into the juiciness, you know, what's up, Jenna? Definition time. Yep, it's definition time. My favorite time of the day. (laughs) All right, so my definition of self-care crisis. When you've been taking care of others for so long instead of yourself, that it causes you a major crisis in your life. It's mm. a bad one. Yeah. You know what? This, this is such a big topic. Yeah. I, I know that's the general story from new mothers especially, but mm-hmm. most mothers are when they hit that self-care crisis mm-hmm. point. The whole world comes crashing down. For mothers, this issue is particularly poignant. But for anybody... You know, who is not accustomed to, to taking care of themselves, yeah. um, this could happen. I mean, just the fact that we're living in America in such a hectic society mm-hmm. where everyone's about work, 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 yeah. work, work, and no break. Yeah. I think most adults would have gone through a self care crisis. Yeah. I just, know Carrie's going through one recently. I know, because it's like we're not set up to succeed in this society. We're set up to be hamsters on a treadmill making money and not doing what mm-hmm. our hearts desire. And to be okay with that, it's I know. like not brainwashed. Okay. It's not- you know who's got it right? A Europe with the siestas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I want me a piece of that. And in Europe, you know, in certain countries, it's illegal to work. Like in France, you have like a 40-hour work week and then it's illegal to like write emails outside of that 40 okay, hours. we need to get a little like poll together and submit that to the government. Do you yeah. think they listen? Not President Trump. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay, so I was also thinking on this topic, what do you think, Jenna, about... The fact that you've just gone through a massive self-care crisis yourself and we're also coincidentally going through a bit of a global transition and shift from what we call the old paradigm to the new paradigm, Mm -hmm. where systems are crumbling and breaking down that don't serve us and aren't in alignment with the new way Mm -hmm. and allowing space for us to recalibrate and restructure ourselves to flow with a more powerful in alignment with the earth and our um, health system. Do you think that your self-care crisis is connected to the global shift that's going on? I mean, yeah. In a, in a sense, I think it is connected in the way of right now systems are falling that are not sustainable. Let's just put it that way. And the system that I had in my life was not sustainable. And so it fell. It and took you down. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a blessing, you know, like I truly see this as a blessing because it made me stop in my tracks and I had a lot of things moving forward that it was very hard to stop in my tracks with, you know, because it's like the inertia of things that are already in motion, like they just want to keep going that way. But the the sickness and the self-care crisis and how it affected me, which we'll get into, um, caused me to just stop in my tracks and then think, what new systems do I need mm. to put in place to make sure that I don't die? <laughs> yeah, it was that bad. Yeah. And I remember the interesting thing was you're very clear about 
the way your ways in the world, the way you parent and the way you take care of yourself and the systems already established in your life. And the interesting thing was, I remember discussing with you like a year ago, many maybe times. many times. Hey, Jenna, like, don't you think you need some balance totally. around yourself All and the time exercise you said and this, this to and me. that? And you're like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm all about my kids. Yeah. It's working. Yeah. They need me. They're different type of kids. Yeah. Da, da, da. And I'm like, okay, if that's working for you. Yeah. And you were just adamant about the fact that you didn't need balance yeah. and you didn't need any self-care. Yeah. And it's interesting that it took a total destruction of that philosophy for you to rethink and reestablish something completely different. True. Otherwise you would have just kept going because you were totally. so I was set so on set on that. And you know, but looking back now after on this other side of the self-care crisis that I ended up having because of that mindset, I look back and think I'm still really happy that that's how I went about it at that time because I do think with my first child, like he really needed me mm-hmm. and I needed to be there for him mm-hmm. and I was, you know, mm-hmm. and so I don't regret that. Everything's perfect. Yeah. But at the same time, we have to be open to yeah. listening to ourselves yeah. and what we're trying to tell ourselves and yeah. not be afraid to reestablish our truths. Mm-hmm. Totally. And my truths as, as such are totally fluid in a sense. Like I'm not really attached to my beliefs in their current form because things are always evolving. Mm -hmm. And so that was the belief that served me for a while. And then it became apparent that it was not serving me anymore or anyone in my life anymore. So great. Well, let's get into it, shall we? Yeah. So when did this self-care crisis hit you? So I think I'd started to, um, I want to even say that the August eclipse, it began to like, I felt already things starting to, and also I want to say that it also corresponded with around that time of me, um, actually one of my babies breaking my bottle of of vitamins. Hmm. So, and because I didn't care about myself, I was so concerned with everything else that was happening. I never replaced my vitamins. So around August, I stopped taking vitamins. And I think that actually had a really big effect because I am a nursing mom. It's needed, you know, you need to have that extra extra yeah. vitamins in your yeah. because what happens if you don't have that is then the depleted. You get depleted because the breast milk needs to pull those vitamins from somewhere. It ends up pulling it out of your bones, out mm-hmm. of your skin, out of everywhere. So that's where I was at. I was starting to have like all the nutrients within my body. So it started with a physical depletion. I think so. When I asked my guides about it, like got really clear and that's what they, they told me. Okay. And then next step. Um, and then I just began to lose energy and it was like, I, and okay. And then in November, it really ramped up when we moved. Oh yeah. A move. If a move doesn't kill you or create a divorce, it only makes you stronger. Yeah. And you know, for us, it's like, um, I went into the move being like, I got this, like I'm so excited to move and no blindly unaware that this could affect me negatively. Like I was like, thought it was the best thing that has ever it's happened. so stressful moving. You know? And I was like, well, I got this. And then it was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Basically I was good. I, I got all the stuff packed in my old house. I got it all in the trucks. I got it all here. And like, I began. I mean, come on, let's just be real for a second. You were basically doing it solo with two kids hanging off you and the rest of your life to keep up in the air. Like one person moving is like I, a lot. I did get a moving company on one day. So that, yeah, but that before helped that, you had boxes, to do all yeah. of the, you know, yeah, the setting prepping things and up. Also, packing. we went through everything and got rid of a whole bunch of stuff and just. Have you sold that yet? 
Um, not the furniture. Anyone, anyone <laughs> want to buy some furniture? Um, no, but that is going to happen. Um, regardless, I, the we move. moved. The move, and I got up to the in the new house, starting to unpack boxes, and that's when I really just felt like it felt like I was like falling from the mm. air, like towards the earth, and I was going to crash and mm-hmm. burn. You know, I was just like I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like it actually made me feel depressed because I felt so overwhelmed and all my tasks felt so important and I felt like I couldn't and this is where the physical depletion became really apparent to me like I couldn't do it like that's how I felt and I became so depressed because here I am in my dream house like I've just moved here I'm so excited for my new life and I instead of feeling happy excited and energized for life and feeling completely depressed and depleted okay so my next question what was your sleep doing at this point Sleep is horrible. I've already not sleep for four years. (laughs) But I think that's key. I think that if you're well slept, you're able to cope with more. Mm -hmm. You're less emotional and erratic Mm -hmm. and sensitive. You're able to just be like, okay, cool. Today was a bad day. Tomorrow I'm going to like... I'm going to do better. It's going to be better. But without sleep, Yeah, with a four-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. Um, and, you know, I have to give credit to my husband because he does help a lot at night with baby because if I wake up with the baby, she wants to nurse and, if, and like, all night. And if he does, then she doesn't. So She's he, still nursing all night. If I were to be the one waking up with her. So I, Jesse is the one who wakes up with the baby. So that's really helpful. Are they both getting up during the night still? I'd say, like, they're pretty close to sleeping through the night but um I'd milo say, is still not sleeping through the night he's he, four and a half right yeah no he is he he'll wake up maybe he either will sleep through the night or he'll wake up like once with a bad dream or something mm-hmm. but Maisie's is pretty much the same as milo oh because they're in the same room well no but he's just like she eats more than him like she eats more than he has ever eaten ever so i think that helps her sleep better at night Mm. So they're pretty similar in their sleeping patterns. Like they both kind of wake up once. So you haven't had a full night's sleep in four years, basically. Basically. And since I tend towards anxiety and I'm so concerned about my kids' well-being and I just don't want them to die so bad, I'm even more. Every morning you wake up and they're still alive. You're like, yes, Yes. victory. Yes. Do you still sneak in and check if they're breathing? I did last night. No way. I was in bed in the most comfortable position. And I was like, I was like, you know, I didn't check to see if Maisie was breathing. I should really do that. Babe, that's crazy. (laughs) I am crazy. Okay. That is definitely you being your own worst enemy. And that's what today's about. No, but it's also about me like really wanting, I think it's rooted in me really wanting to protect my kids. Yeah, but don't you think there's a fine line between paranoia and being genuinely responsible with your kid's safety? Maybe, but like, I'm not going to let anything happen to them on my watch and whatever it takes. Your whole house is alarmed. Yeah, but that's, I just want to, <laughs> they could be checking on some dust. It's true. <laughs> you know what? Like, I'm not going to like, let some freak accident happen. Like I am going to be a hundred percent responsible because I don't want to have any more kids. And like, but, these are the but, two I got. But, but, but here's my point. Isn't this lack of boundary around putting other people's needs first, the very thing that took you down? Yes. Okay. So yes, back to myself. You can tell how I am, you know, like I put other people's needs before my own to a fault, you know, where I will sacrifice my own comfort, my own food, my own balance, my everything for my kids, you know, especially. And do you think that comes from the fact you're an empath? Yes. Or are you moving towards something you felt like your mother didn't give you? Not, or what not does it come really. From? I think, um, no, I think my mom did actually, when we were little kids, try to d- just 
be there like a lot, you know? So I think that I want to be there and I just, I just, I don't know that I just feel like they're so precious to me and it's so important. So yes, I am an empath. I'm, I'm sensitive to everyone else's needs. I feel like as the mom of the family, like it's my job to like make sure everyone's okay, you know, but no one's making sure I'm okay and not even I'm making sure I'm okay. So that is where the self-care crisis ended up happening. Okay. So when your self-care crisis hit, how did it hit? What were the symptoms? Um, like I said, it's just like, it hit me with depression, but also I got really physically sick. Mm-hmm. There's a bad flu season going around this year mm-hmm. too. And how did it affect your relationship with your husband and the kids? Um, honestly, oh, they are bless their hearts. They were so sweet about it. You know, one thing that you get in return when you've like bend over backwards for your family all the time is that they're, they, they really want to help you. Yeah. You, you, know? would, you would hope. Yeah. And so in this case, they really wanted to help me, all of them. Like the kids, I mean, my Maisie's too little, but Milo and Jesse like really did come to my aid. Okay, great. But what about the dynamic between you and Jesse? Did any tension creep in or was everything just normal and sweet and he was caretaking for you? Um, I think that when I was really sick, like around Christmas and he had been, he's been working so, so hard too. So there was a couple days of tension around the fact that I really needed to rest and I, I wasn't getting that rest cause I was so sick and et cetera, et cetera. But in general, it, Jesse has really stepped up and opened his heart. And I, I think I attribute that also to him being vegan for like the last four months, Whoa. but his heart is like really open. And he, I, I, this winter has been a time where I've seen him act from the heart more than ever. And it's just been beautiful. Wow. Yeah. You should do a little 101, man from the heart course. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay. So what I'm getting is that your self-care crisis when you were plummeting down and just crashing out, it didn't necessarily affect the relationship, the harmony between your, in, in your relationships with your closest people. It was more so a physical, you just got taken down yeah. physically and emotionally, mentally, you were a mess I, I too. felt depressed. I was the one that was a mess. And when I'm a mess, like I'm the, also the person holding everything up. So like when I'm a mess, everything falls, you know? So people around you did suffer to a degree when you fell. I guess. I mean, really when I fell, the kids were also sick. So it was kind of just looked like all of us in a bed and and Jesse doing his best. (laughs) Armageddon has arrived. Yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. All right. And so how did you... But also I I stepped with the kids, how the kids are, are, you know, I had to step up my babysitter time. So they're spending more time with the babysitter now. Um, on the other side of the self-care crisis. So that's been one way they've been affected. Well, that's not that negative. She's amazing. She's amazing. They love her. Yeah. They love her. Okay. So how did you, how long did you get taken out for? I was fully like bedridden for mm, close to a month. Wow. And it took four months to sneak up on you before you realized, okay, I've got to change things. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just, yeah. And so what, why do you think you called it in to just reestablish your systems or is there a greater lesson? Yeah. I think that I was, I was not noticing that I was running with systems that were not effective, Mm -hmm. you know, and it just took that awakening call to just be like, make me break everything down to the very bottom again and then rebuild it. 
Okay, so that's a positive spin. Positive. <laughs> and so coming out of that place, what are you what have you discovered that is a powerful way to reestablish your systems and how do you set up a system that's bulletproof? Okay, so I don't clearly don't have all the answers to that, but I will tell you what I do know. <laughs> hey, which you went is, to yoga today. Hey, I went to yoga today. That was huge. <laughs> yes. Um so Basically what I did, and I felt like really like unstable at this point. Like I was really un- not sure how I was going to survive. Like, cause I just felt so depressed and so sick. You were suicidal, right? I was, I had suicidal thoughts. I was like, wow. death would be better than facing life right now. And that's what was rock bottom for me. And what do you think was a dominating factor for that? The sickness? I, I so want to live. Like, that's the thing that why I was like, if I'm having thoughts like this, like my life needs to change. Cause like I'm living my dream life. And if living my dream life is causing me to feel like this bad, like something's going to change. Like everything has to, like, I don't know what has to change, but this is not. Okay. And it's you. You're, yeah, you're the it's problem. It's only me. Yeah. yeah. It's only me. So why I felt that way was because I was so tired okay, and sleep. so depleted, like depletion, like such full physical depletion, physical and emotional and just being sick depletion. And then, um, as we just discussed before, as we just dis- sickness can cause you to feel depressed. Yeah. Like your emotional state is completely connected to your, um, physical state. Yeah. So I was just telling Jenna beforehand, when I was sick the past two weeks, I was so not myself in my emotional place. I was mm-hmm. really grumpy and feeling really down and I just couldn't shake it. And of course, when you're in a a deep state of emotion and feeling, it feels like you're going to feel that way forever. Totally. And it's so scary. Like, oh my gosh, this is just how I'm going to be forever. This is just the person I've turned into. Mm -hmm. And what a relief it was to feel my emotional body lifting as my physical body was, was, um, healing. It was, it was a big reminder about you can't have one without the other. They both affect each other so deeply. Totally. So, okay. And I was also like really angry because I, I wanted to take that winter vacation, which was like our only break to rest. And I had already requested from Jesse that I needed to rest during that time. And instead of resting, I just got so sick and both the kids were sick. So I needed to take, take care of everyone. And like, it was that feeling of just, just desperation. But surely when you're that sick, that equals your force to rest. I was in bed, but I had both the kids in bed with me. Like, oh, because, but where, and trying to nurse, you know, Maisie wanted to nurse the whole time because when they're sick, they want to nurse. So but that was during the two weeks that the babysitter was gone, right? Yeah. But before that, when you were sick, I, you, there you was, could I rest. wasn't sick before that. Oh, okay. Jeez. I was timing. only sick when the babysitter was gone. Oh, Veronica, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so tell us about the new systems. So the new system, I had to sit down with Jesse and like, I was really scared when I talked to him about this. I was like, Jesse, like I said, I need your help. I need your talent set to help me here because like, I want to die. And he was like, all right, let's figure this out so that you have a schedule where you feel like you can recover from this depletion. Basically. Okay, that is the golden word right there. Schedule. Yeah. So Jess helped me because he's very organized in this way. He helped me figure out a schedule in which all the things that I wanted to do were in there. The kids were taken care of. We figured out 
and not like a really busy schedule either, but one that was like really like just relaxing because I just, that's what I needed at that time. I just needed to just recover and replenish, Mm -hmm. you know? So we figured out a schedule that would work and then put it to action. And even now I still haven't fully put it to action, but I'm working up to it. Okay. And so when we're talking about self-care rituals, Mm -hmm. are you looking at that aspect daily or weekly Mm -hmm. and what kind of self-care rituals are you putting in place? Totally. So I'm looking at it daily. Um, I definitely need exercise. That's one place in my life where I'm very unbalanced. I also need food because I was so taking care of others and long story, but basically I just didn't even eat because I just wanted to eat high vibrational food and it was just too hard to make for myself when everything else was happening. So I just needed to eat. I needed to, these are basic things, but Mm -hmm. these were things that I had to be in my schedule. You know, I just got to say as well, it sounded like you needed to ask for help. Yeah, I did. And is there any other time in your life where you haven't asked for help? Your world falls apart. Mm. I probably... Okay, so that's a good one for you. You've become better at that. You got you got a full time nanny right now. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's a big ask for help. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you had to work through stuff to get to that point where you felt comfortable to ask for help as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm asking for help from my in laws, and just it's a lot better. Yeah. It's so easy to feel ashamed to ask for help. At least I feel a real awkwardness in. I don't know, it's my Leo pride. If I have to ask for help, it means I've failed somehow or I'm mm. not strong. And it's such a crazy way to look at things because we all need help. So that's a big one, asking for help. Okay, and tell me more about your system. So exercise on the daily. Exercise on the daily, food on the daily, um, work on the daily and not, because usually how I work, because I'm a very creative type of person, is I'll, I'll like have a burst of inspiration and I'll work for like hours upon hours and like not sleep and not eat and just work, work, work. And then I'll lose the inspiration. Then a while will pass, then I'll do that again, you know? And so just working every day consistently for, consistently for two hours. Avoiding you know? burnout. Avoiding burnout, yeah. So that's on my schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, creative... Um, creative output is in my schedule. Um, what about sleep? How are you tackling that? Sleep is really good. Jesse has agreed to sleep, like to deal with the kids at night. So it's good right now. Milo's I'm still doing Milo and me and he's doing Maisie, but we're going to get, we're getting there. You know, it it had to sort of be a, couldn't do it all at once. Mm -hmm. Sort of had to ease into it. Mm -hmm. How about you? Wait, is that it for you? Is there um, any other epiphanies or any other kind of juicy tips or anything you're finding that's working or not working? Is that kind of... Yeah, okay, so here's another juicy tip. Um, we are so used to loving and caring for the people in our, own, in our own lives and we love them so much and we forgive them. Like if my kid like rips out my hair, I don't care, I forgive them. And it's with that level of love and tender care. Like if Milo doesn't want to eat the crust on the bread, then I cut off the crust. And if it's not in a perfect, you know, rectangle, he doesn't want to eat it, then I'll I'll make it into a perfect rectangle. And it's with that love and attention to detail and amount of care that you have to also take care of yourself, you know? Mm, Good. Really good. That's, that's what I'm, where I'm at right now. Love that. Yeah. Okay. Now it's just about applying the action. Yeah. Applying the new systems. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're going to get there. I'm going to get there. 
Today you did yoga. Yeah. You've been sticking to your work this schedule. This is great. I mean, I think I've been doing pretty good. I've been exercised a lot. I've been, yeah, I've okay. been trying my best. Awesome. Go Jenna. Yeah. Yes. And so now we turn over to you, Miss Amber. Mm, well, what have you ever had a self care crisis? The most recent one I can think of was in my <laughs> early recent? stages of my early stages of motherhood. I before I was a mother, I had a lifestyle where I it was kind of all about me. You know, I didn't have a husband, I didn't have kids, and they're kind of like the predominant people in your life, which you just serve constantly. The devotion to them is above and beyond. So before that, I really had a luxurious lifestyle where I had all the time during the day to be able to schedule in things that lit me up. I would, and I was good at creating balance. I would go to yoga every day and I got into Kundalini yoga, which we're going to go into deeper Mm -hmm. in the next podcast. And I was really seeking um, spiritual practices and just things that would embellish my life. And I didn't know any other way, really. Then motherhood hit. (laughs) Boy, I did not see what was coming there. So for the, I have also discovered Valentine, some really um, kind of interesting behaviors have been coming up with my son, my three-year-old Valentine, which was really hard for me to ignore. And so I ended up discussing them with his pediatrician and they led me to discover this um, way of being, let's call it, because things like disorders have, you know, titles to them and, and preconceived ideas. But this basically, disorder. well, yeah, but he's under the scope of sensory... Um, uh, what's it called? HSP, highly sensitive person. He he's he's a highly sensitive person, which I found an incredible resource for, which I'm obsessed with and addicted to and loving. I am too. This by book. the way, it's confessions. Yeah, she, she she is highly a highly sensitive person. person. <laughs> yeah, big time. And then um, uh, sensory processing disorder. They kind of come hand in hand, I think. I, I don't. I like the sec. I like the first one, but I don't like the second one because it says disorder. Yeah, that's and what I was saying. And just because you process senses, sensory things different than another, does not mean you have a disorder. Maybe the other person has a disorder. I know, but you know, medical systems like having a title to just kind of place people in. So that's <sighs> what the diagnosis is. Breathing. And I could look back to the beginning stages of motherhood where obviously as a mother, you're so connected to your child. And it's almost like I could feel how he was feeling within his own cells. And I remember as a mother just thinking there is, he needs me to be on with him. He needs me to be fully focused and available and present with him the whole time. And things like, um, you know, when he was, I, I breastfed for two years and he, we co-slept for two years as well. Because they need that. They just well, need to know their mama's right well, there. Well, that's the thing. I could, you know, all my friends are doing sleep training and their kids are sleeping through the night, which means the parents are sleeping through the night and everyone's happy and have balanced lives and blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking, I want to do that so bad. Like I want a balanced life and sleep I know is key for me. But there is something within me that just knows that this kid is a bit different and there is something traumatic in that separation. Yes. 
um, at this early stage of yes. infancy. So nevertheless, the first, uh, I would say, year, well, I didn't sleep for the first, I didn't sleep through the night. I probably slept on average for four hours, four to five hours every night, sometimes less, for about a year and a half, two years. That'll do it. So <laughs> that's an obvious um, no-no. But the self-care crisis hit after about, round about the first, probably just before the first year of parenthood, where it was the longest stretch without sleep I had ever been in. And emotionally, I was so taxed. Being present and on with someone else nonstop, day and night, day and night, in and out for months on end and years on end is really exhausting. That emotional, mental um, kind of presence is really draining. So I would say it was definitely the foundation of being sleep deprived, then being emotionally, mentally on constantly with someone. And also I was so, I was trying to work out motherhood. He wouldn't eat things, uh, you know, all that stuff you're trying to work out, right? Because you've never done it before and you're nervous about everything and trying to do it right. So I knew the self-care crisis had hit when, as you said, I had the most joyous elements in my life. I was obsessed with this perfect little miracle that I was blessed with. And I had this gorgeous husband who was supportive. We had this sweet little existence in a cottage in Venice. We had fr- We had no worries, but there was still my emotional state was um, had dwindled to the place where no matter how many embellishments I have in my life, I still couldn't find that natural inherent joy that mm-hmm. I would usually be bouncing around with all day. And it really worried me. And I, I, couldn't, I couldn't find that lightness in my life. All of a sudden, I was not myself at all. I actually didn't recognize myself. I was uh, overreactive. I was irrational. I was crabby. Um, All the things that would usually just like slide over me really gritted me. And that started showing up and affecting my relationship. I didn't want to see my friends. I completely changed. Instead of being extroverted and the life of the party, I, I just became like an introvert. And it was really, I'd got into coping mechanism. I was just trying to survive, you know, That's survival where I was mode. At. Totally. So at the point where, I just not, at the point when <laughs> I knew things needed to change was when I could actually see myself bird's eye view swinging punches at Carrie's head. I was literally melting down over nothing. It was over the silliest thing. I, I, I remember he was on his way to a party and I was going to go, but then I couldn't because Valentine was sick and I was That'll just... That will do it. That, I mean, that seems like a good yeah. equation for and a so freak I out. Started, don't, don't minimize he your started emotions. Like, yeah, he started, I don't know, being insensitive and not understanding and I literally swung a punch at him and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, ah. I turned into a crazy person and start, I was like wanting to hurt him physically. And he just, I remember the next day, he like reached out to my best friends and was like, yo, you need to go over there. And Amber's literally losing her mind and having a nervous breakdown. You need to force her to sleep, force her to have some space from the baby, force her to go out there and do yoga and get balanced and be social and have all the elements in her life moving to create a full grounded 
um, sane, healthy person again. So, you know, I got those phone calls and it was easier to listen to the advice of friends than it was to my husband. So I, I thought, okay, cool. So what am I going to do? Carrie forced me to get a babysitter coming. And of course I was so nervous about leaving Valentine with someone else because I could see how anxious he was around other people and the sensitivity around not being able to see me and be close to me. The idea of going against my intuition and and pushing him on someone else, well not pushing, but giving him to someone else for a couple of hours a day, knowing that he's freaking out and all he wants is for me to be close to him was so relate really to hard. But I got to admit my need to have my sanity and health and life back was overriding his level of sensitivity at that point. I was so drastically in need of that balance. I thought, okay, cool. He will cope and he'll survive. I'm not coping and surviving right now. Yeah. And you know, as a sensitive person, as a sensitive baby, especially if your mother is not in a good state, like you're going to take that on. Well, you know? that's my other point is that really realizing the mother is the son of the family. And if that light is dwindling and if that sun isn't shining, people feel it, yeah. especially sensitive yeah. kids and yeah. people. They really pick up on that and yeah. it affects them. And even now I notice if I'm a bit grumpy or frustrated with him, the first thing he'll do is go, mama, mama, I love you. I love you, mama. Are you happy? Are you happy, mama? And instantly he will feel the upset that I'm feeling and want to correct it. So he feels okay with it. little heart. Yeah, I know. I think he's a little empath as well. Oh, yeah. You can't be highly sensitive without being an empath. Yeah. Okay. Oh, boy. He's got a life ahead of him. (laughs) Jenna's looking at me like, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's a blessing. Of course it's a blessing. It it is. It's, It's a superpower. Yeah. Anyway, so that was my that was my meltdown. And then the systems, the very first thing I did was to ask for help. And that was the other thing. I was terrified of asking for help and I didn't have family in town to help. I didn't have rel- like I didn't have anyone to really help me and step in. It was only me 24-7 around the clock with a newborn for over a year. So on that year mark, we got um, we got a babysitter in, uh, I think probably like three days a week. She would come for four hours. And in those four hours, I would sleep and do some yoga and have a meal. But those four hours, Valentine, after about a week of going with her, started to get to know her and become less nervous around her and started to actually enjoy it and surprise me. And that's another key element is that You can be attached to a certain idea that someone is how they are, but not giving them space to grow and evolve and show up differently is doing them a disservice. Totally. Don't be attached to anything. Don't be attached to anything you think you believe or whatever. Yeah. So it really, when Valentine actually started working with me on the space element and started liking and enjoying that playtime... I went, oh, okay, like I can push him a little bit and just the right amount and then it serves him and he's happier and I'm happier. I'm going to try that with the food. I'm going to try that with activities and this and that. And before I knew it, I'd created enough space for me to be back to my old self. And then my relationships started improving and my health um, started getting better. And at the two-year point, I remember I'd still... Actually, it was about a year and a half. I'd still been nursing on demand through the night all day. And I got to that point where I felt utterly depleted, devoid of nutrients. I was the 
thinnest I've ever been. I was emaciated because, as you said, they, uh, the, the milk starts sucking all the nutrients and vitamins from your bones. So that was a big time for me to go, okay, I'm putting myself first. I can't, I'm not going to be of service to people if I can't look after myself. So yeah, big lesson. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. And I've never looked back. Since that moment, I didn't recognize myself. I said, hey, I am responsible for how I show up in the world and I'm not doing myself a service or the people around me. I'm putting in these systems and forevermore, that's going to be a priority. Lesson learned, big time. So now I have Valentine's at school three days a week. I have that time every day, every week, I try fit in some type of self-care. This week it was a facial, first one I've had in years and it was so good. This year was a uh, week it was a facial. Last week I got my nails done. The week before that I had a massage. Every week I try to do something for myself that makes me feel regenerated and mm-hmm. good. And then I also try fit in yoga those three days a week that Valentine's at school. And um, girl time, I try to... Every week I have a social outing. Every week I try to do a date night. Just keep that schedule in and um, regular and just maintain that. It's all about the habits and the regular. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I agree. Yay. Yeah. Okie dokie. Well, what do you reckon? Do we... Oh, one last question. Did anyone ever teach you how to care for yourself? No. And actually women are like set up to fail in our society because women are just like set up to just basically just be drained. But you know what, especially now with social media and all of these kind of celebrities who are mums and CEOs and wives and look perfect all the time and the hairs are these false ideas of the perfect woman are popping up everywhere, putting this unnecessary pressure on women to be everything, to wear all the hats. Well, that's where you're going to get super drained. You try to be everything to everyone and try to do that game. Like you're headed for the self-care crisis even faster. Don't you think society is is saying this is achievable, this is what you should be doing to be a success? I think, I think there's, yeah, I think there's that message but I think that message like sets you up to fail. You know, I, I really do. I don't think you can, you can do all that. And you can do it, but I don't think you can do it well. Mm. Oh you no, know? I totally agree. And probably the people who are really trying to juggle all of those factors are the most, uh, depleted, depleted and yeah. like not able to be Stretched. present, you yeah. know, because they're just trying to do too many things. Yeah. It's kind of like quantity, not quality. Yeah. Yeah. So, on that note, I am determined to teach Valentine and my future children about life skills that no one taught me or even told me existed, like how important self-care is, how important meditating and being present totally. and making listening to your intuition. No one told me about that. No one taught me about, you know, nutrient and superfoods. <laughs> no, totally. No one <laughs> told me about any of that. So I'm really excited to, to set him up to, to win and to be on his own team for this life. Oh, I'm on his team. Yeah, we're Love on that his little team. One. Little bubba. Okay, great. So do you want to get onto an invitation? Yeah. Um, uh, a challenge? I think a good challenge would be don't wait to have a meltdown like yeah. us before you implement a self-care plan. What can you do this week that invites balance into your life? 
why don't you share your ideas with us in case we can apply them too? Yeah, um, <laughs> let us know in the comments because we might apply that as well. <laughs> and yeah, that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you being with us and being on the quest with us to look deeper and look at how to heal yourself so we can all group together and make a better world. Yay. Yay. Okay, good luck out there. We'll feel you with us next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.